Hey, everybody, real quick, if you haven't yet rated or reviewed us on whatever podcast app that you're listening to us on, uh, if you could please do that, I would really appreciate it. Uh, Likewise, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you could please subscribe if you have not already done that. Um, Again, I really appreciate that. Also, if you could please share this with one person, that does a lot as well. If you find any value from this episode whatsoever, um, that also uh, does a ton, obviously, to help us get the word out there. Um, Thank you so much for doing those things, and thank you so much just for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. From Buddhist to spiritual to atheist to even a brush with a cult group, our guest finds out that the paranormal is real and all leads back to one truth on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Somi, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Alex. Of course. Yeah, so um, I am pretty familiar with your story, and I understand that it starts off uh, when you were pretty young. If you want to go ahead and start us off there, that would be great. Yeah, so my story started off when I was in the womb of my mother. We came from a third world country, and um, to make that kind of a long story short, uh, my whole life's journey was just learning how to love myself. Because when um, I was coming to Canada, my mom was pregnant with me, she had the opportunity to sell me to the doctor that delivered me. And now when I reflect back and, and being with Jesus and God really guiding my life, like by the grace of God, this is why I'm here today to be able to share my testimony. And you guys will, will see that every little pivotal moment kind of leads up to where I am today as well. But Satan wanted me off of this planet at a very young age. Let's just put it that way. And um, that didn't happen because my mom ended up saying no to selling me. But she took the leap of faith to bring three children across the world. So we lived in Laos, so a third world country at that time. And um, she didn't speak English. We had no money. And she had to decide whether or not she wanted to have food for her kids to move forward or to give up this baby, baby girl to have a better life. And she decided that if we were all going to come to Canada, we would all come together. And whether or not we made it alive, um, we would either make it alive together or we would die together. So my mom taught me Um, at a very young age, that family always came first. And no matter what happened in life, uh, you could get through anything and make it out the other end as one family unit. So we come to Canada sponsored by a Christian church, which is actually where everything kind of started. It's it's, it's so crazy. It's God just wanted to um, have his hand in my entire life. I just didn't want to see it yet. And I didn't realize any of these Uh, awareness yet until later on in life. But so we were sponsored by a Christian church. We lived on the island. Um, We lived in low income housing. So my upbringing for me was never easy. Uh, I had a really adult role at a young age. As soon as I could speak English, my mom would make me translate for her for everything. So um, it made me who I am today, which is independent, responsible, kind, compassionate, and um, tough and courageous and resilient. So throughout my journey, I had a Buddhist upbringing. And 
I didn't really know what that meant either. So I just followed what my my mom was doing most of the time. And it was all about karma and reincarnation. If you did good things, good things would happen to you. If you did bad things, then you would get the effects of those bad things. So um, there was always consequences to your actions. So I lived my life for a very long time feeling that um, I really had to be careful about being a good person or a bad person because that was how uh, life was positioned to me. So we ended up moving to a different city. Um, my mom met her partner and we moved to a different city. And the city that we lived in is where I live now in Abbotsford, Canada. And um, my mom brought me to a, a Lao Christian church, but we also were still Buddhist. So my adolescence years were confusing in that aspect too, because then I was introduced to Christianity. So I went to this Lao Christian church mixed with um, the Buddhist temple, and I was very confused. There was like identity issues that came along with that. So as you're growing up with these two different um, beliefs, as well as teachings, you really don't know what's right or wrong. So by the time I got to 13, um, again, we lived in low income housing, we were on welfare for a long time. So my struggle throughout an early age just continued. It was just hard. Life was always hard. And I felt ripped off of my childhood years that as a teenager, I started to rebel. And then I started to do everything that was bad. And um, that included drinking and drugs and having these addictions. Like I, I actually became an alcoholic at a very young age, drug addict at a very young age, and then living in this low income housing. And why do I keep saying that is because this is kind of where my spiritual journey all started. I went from being introduced to a Lao Christian community and also Buddhism and the, the Lao's temple to then experience these paranormal things that were happening to me, um, especially during states of vulnerability. So when I was in, because I was always sad and depressed and actually a very angry teenager, I would really lash out and I didn't know how to control my emotions. Um, I started to see certain things that were happening that were paranormal around me and I didn't want to acknowledge them. I knew they were there and I knew they were living in my bedroom and I knew that they were living with us. And even when my little brother was born, um, he would see things, he would see other beings walk around and even tell me that there was like another little boy at the end of our hallway. And I never slept comfortably in, in these apartments that I grew up in. There were times where um, I'd be so paranoid that I'd be carrying like a butcher knife around with me wow. just for safety. You know? Yeah, it was weird. It was like, you don't know if you're going crazy or not. Right. But so as I start to get into these um, really bad behavior and um, acting out the demons i i'm gonna use that word um i started getting demonic entities visiting me and they became louder and more apparent and i was seeing them full in their full essence like their full being and it scared the crap out of me like i could never till this day i can't sleep with the lights fully off because it has to be on it had there has to be a little bit of light because if it's pure darkness they they come out of the woodworks. And I was feeling, um, uh, what is it called when you have 
sleep paralysis. So it started off with sleep paralysis that I would get and I'd be locked into my sleep paralysis, not able to move. Um, I could see everything visually happening around me. I could see things move around me. And I knew, like I could see the exact time on my phone as well. And I would see these creatures, like they were like shadow figures that would just walk around my room. They'd lay on my floor, they'd come crawl on my bed and on my chest, and I wouldn't be able to move from it. And at that time, I didn't have my own relationship with God. I was just so scared and, and screaming out for somebody to wake me up from this sleep paralysis. And that the very first moment that happened, it stayed continuously for years after it never went away. And I just ignored it. I, I just thought it was normal. Um, and I never really told anybody about it, but I did my own research and I, you know, heard that other people experienced that too. Um, then uh, the states that I would be very depressed, I would hear voices that would tell me to do other things. Like it would, it really would. If I had low self-esteem, the voices in my head would tell me and enhance those thoughts. And it would say, yeah, you know what? You are, you, you aren't worthy, right? You are unloved. Like you, you aren't meant to be on this planet. And they just kept playing. And I didn't know how to decipher like whether they were my own thoughts or if they were somebody else's thoughts, because I always had things around me. Like I, there was just always a heaviness around me. And the heavier I felt in my depression, the heavier I could feel my space and the energy within the room. Um, and then the louder they became, like they made their appearances on like having uh, handprints on my walls. Um, they, there were certain things that were written on my window sometimes. And I ended up coming to acceptance that these other beings were there with me that I decided to play the Ouija board with my friends. Mm. Again, it went from not having any beliefs. And I guess you could call me an atheist at this point. So I started with the Ouija board. And I, I, I think at that time, Goosebumps was like really popular. And mm -hmm. I just, yeah, being a 90s kid, right? Like Goosebumps were really popular and they were doing the Ouija board all the time. And I found a Ouija board at a secondhand store. I also found a clown photo that I bought at the same time. And I brought this clown photo in and I, I it was just so sad. It was the saddest photo I've ever seen. I don't know why I bought it, but I was drawn to it. Put it up on my bedroom wall and I couldn't sleep that night at all because it just stared at me. It just kept like staring at me. So I ended up shoving it in the closet of our, our home, like way back into the closet. And my little brother, he was like a toddler at the time. He brought it out. He's like, this keeps staring at me, right? Like this is alive. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I think I need to throw it away. So I didn't know that there was, um, you could bring in energy through possessions. I didn't know that. I'm a teenager here, right? So I'm just buying these things thinking they're, they're retro and cool. But I was bringing in entities from all over. And I, because of my lack of awareness and lack of um, spirituality at that time, I didn't know I was pulling in darkness, a lot of darkness. So I played this Ouija board, bring my friends over. I think we had two friends over that day. And it moved. The Ouija board moved. I said, 
whoever is living here, um, show yourself. And then the Ouija board moved. And then I was like, are you guys moving it? And they took their hands off and it was just my hand. Then it started moving on its own. I flipped the board over. I'm like, we got to stop. Like, this is too weird for me. And I also had a really unsettling feeling of like, oh my goodness. Like I played this in my bedroom. Like, where is it here now? Does it live in my room? Like, did I bring it up again like who is in my house so my friends left they were freaking out and none of my friends loved coming over they hated it they hated they they loved me but they hated coming over to my place because they also could feel the energy um and when they left i ended up breaking out into hives and i've never had this before but i broke out into hives all over my stomach and it was a symbol of a six and wow. I just dismissed it. I took a picture of it. I sent it that to them. And I was like, guys, like there's this number on my stomach. And they're like, oh my goodness, Kay, we can't ever play this again. So I didn't burn it. I brought it to the same thrift store and gave it back. Wish I had burnt it now that I, knowing what I know today. Um, and I just gave it back. And I, and I left that day just feeling like I'm never going to do that again. Like that was so scary to me. I'm never going to do that again. But um, that was just the catapult for opening doors to the other things that were already there. Um, and my other incident, this girl was, uh, she really wanted to be known. She wasn't, I, I don't know, she was, I'm going to say she was a ghost. And she really wanted to be known and she wanted her presence to be known with me. So I was stuck in the sleep paralysis and she was... Um, laying on the side of my bed on my carpet and she had long black hair and she would just scratching my carpet and then she would look up at me and she had just had this like pale face and i wanted to break out of that sleep paralysis and it took me a few minutes to get out of that and then everything kind of disappeared but what ended up happening a few days later was this girl ended up passing away at the apartments and it was the same type of look of the woman and i was like that is so weird. Like, why did, why was I able to see that? I didn't want to share that with anybody. And my apartments just held a heaviness where there was a lot of drug addicts there. Like I said, it was um, a place where a lot of people were poor. They were on welfare. So it wasn't the best place to grow up in. And I could just hear all the spirits that had passed away. And they were then showing up in my dreams and haunting me there. And as I went through my life, I would pray to not sure who at this point and just say i'm not the right person for you to cross over like i'm not a psychic i'm not i'm not anything just please go away like don't visit me anymore i don't know how to help you go away and then they they wouldn't show up physically anymore but they would show up in my nightmares and then i would just get the same dreams over and over again so finally um my parents ended up uh wanting to buy a house and I thought things would end there. So we ended up moving to a better neighborhood and um, we blessed the house. And then my first night in my new home, sleep paralysis happened again. So this time the entity had come up to me, like uh, crawled up on my bed and said, you're not going anywhere. And I remember just freaking out calling upon my mom to help me wake up. And now my mom is her village that she came from. They're actually known in, in the Laos community um, for witchcraft. So again, wow. I didn't know, like that was also my history too and, and how far back it goes. But um, 
yeah, my mom, I, she ended up coming from work that day. And I was like, mom, I just had this crazy experience in my new bedroom. Like this person came up to me and said, like, you're not going anywhere. Right. And she ended up, um, doing something with my pillow and flipping it to a different side and then blessing it and praying with me. And we've had monk statues all over me. And it was just like her thing to find some relief for me so that I could have like a good night's rest. But there was a part of her that believed it too. And um, that that was one moment that happened. And then I kind of just lived my life with all these weird little paranormal things happening and being okay with it. And I didn't tell anybody because I was like, okay, no one's going to care anyways. Like, I just have to deal with these things here. So then it leads me to a few years ago. I um, end up seeing my most scariest sleep paralysis and paranormal activity. And I was living with my ex-partner at the time. And um, I didn't know that sometimes entities aren't just attached to possessions. They're also attached to people. So... This entire time I'm with this person for about five years and I just remember somebody pulled him aside and was just like, there's a woman following you, right? And I was like, okay. And he was not spiritual at all and didn't believe in ghosts and anything, right? But that really sat with me. Like I didn't know what that person saw and that's quite random to just say to somebody, right? So um, that kind of sat with me for a while. And as I'm living with him, there was some toxicity there in just the relationship alone. And I'm thinking these entities are coming for me still again, because I'm still having sleep paralysis. These things are still happening. But then I had the one moment where I was sleeping outside in my living room. And this time I woke up thinking there was an intruder in my house. And it was a man with a black top hat in a trench coat sitting on a box with a cane. And it was so clear. I literally thought somebody was breaking into my house and I was with my partner. I woke him up. I'm like, somebody's in our house. And then he like, he got up and then the, the figure just disappeared. And I thought to myself, like, that was way too real for me. And that was way too scary. Like that was way too close for me to dismiss in any way as me just seeing it as an illusion. And that was a moment that I actually prayed to God. And I sat there and I said, God, I don't know if you're real or not. And I don't know what's coming from darkness and what's coming from light and what's coming from you. I need you to show me this. Like, please show me this because I am not the right person to help these beings cross over. I'm not here for that. And, and it's scaring me. So please show me what's coming from you. So I left with that prayer. And two months later, my whole life flipped upside down. This is 2018. It was the hardest year of my life. It like my relationship went sideways. Um, then I'm introduced to these people who are super spiritual. And at this point, I was actually entertaining new age. And the new age started with me diving into self-development books and trying to help myself through my depression as a teenager and just um, make myself a better person. So through these self-help books, I ended up entertaining new age and new age was so exciting for me that it just, it was just, there were so many different facets to it, right? There was tarot card readings, there was energy work, um, there was healing from trauma. And I thought all these things were good and I started to explore it. I explored it and I explored it for years. So I guess you could say 
a good 15 years. So I'm just giving you like a little tidbit of that and then going back to 2018. So I'm known as this new age hippy dippy girl. That's that's what I was known for. I could do tarot card readings. I could channel other entities. I could see ghosts and I was super cool and hip. And everyone just knew me as that. And that's all they wanted to talk about. And they loved how open minded I was. But I ran into other Christians on my journey too. And the battle I had with them all the time was, you know, I, I believe that it's the universe and I believe that there's a God within all of us and that this God should love everybody and shouldn't judge anybody. So like, get your beliefs off for me when it came to a Christian person trying to preach the gospel. And I was just so ignorant. I never read the Bible, so I didn't know what they were talking about. And I dismissed them really quick, but me thinking that I was being so righteous and right in my beliefs and also loving at the same time, I was actually being very selfish and rude um, and not coming from a place of genuine love and compassion and care for that other person. So that was kind of my journey with like meeting Christian people while I was in the new age space. Um, Not to go on a tangent though. So bringing it back to me praying to God and asking God to show me what's from him and what's not. I, I had my whole world flip upside down. My relationship went sideways. And then I had the this person reach out to me. One of my friends that I haven't heard for in a while, out of the blue, say, hey, you're really spiritual. And I was like, yeah. And then he said, I've got a group you'd love. But it puts me into this group. And I'm like, oh, wow, these are my people. We're talking about the universe. We're talking about God. But then they hit me with some posts that were talking about Jesus and disciples. And I still didn't know, like, I, I was like, wait, did he just put me in a Christian group here? Like, I'm not Christian and I don't believe in that. So what is this all about? But then they also talked about energy and the love band and source, which is a universe. Um, so it was a mixture of new age and Christianity in a way. And I was really intrigued by that. And then they were such a positive group at the time that I just felt like I belonged there. And I finally had somebody I could talk to about spirituality where I could get lost in spirituality with. But as I was going into this group, there was only two men in it and the rest were all women. And that should have been my red flag initially. Um, But as I dived into the group, they started using Bible verses um, to shame people. And they would tell people that people would sin and they were terrible and they were going to hell if they did something bad. And I just remember being so confused by if this group was was really love and light. You know, I was just like, wait, aren't we all spiritual and aren't we all from the new age world where we're trying to practice love and light here? Like what? Where did sinning come from? And, you know, where did all these bad things come from? And why are we shaming people in this group now? So that's kind of what happened with that group. But. I stayed in it because I trusted my my friend who brought me into this group and promised me that it was a safe space, but it ended up unfolding in its own way where God positioned me and said, okay, you want to know what's really coming from me and what's not from me? Here you go. Let's just throw you into to the wolves and see if you can figure it out. And I really struggled through this because my new agey friends at that point, now I was questioning if new age was right because I was like, what is going on? Like, this is not what I hear from Deepak Chopra and all the other gurus I listen to. Like, this is 
this is really strange. So the leader of the group was a male. And uh, what I ended up uncovering was this group was um, to, to really uh, just kind of, they were, there was two men in there and all women. So they were using it to poach women who were vulnerable in their spirituality. And that's what the group was for. And I was the one who was able to uncover that because I had an experience where it got really close where the 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 cult leader, it ended up being a cult. Um, the cult leader had invited me over to his home or hotel. Um, and you never got to see the person's face either. It was just like all through Facebook, you know, everything was online. You didn't really meet the person they would send voice notes and put their tidbits in um but the the leader of the group ended up reaching out to me and then inviting me over to have this hands-on energy work but it was so strange to me that i decided to entertain the conversation i said well what does that look like and then he said that he could channel in jesus and god and through him only could you access Jesus and God? And that's where true healing and true love comes from. And I was like, okay, I don't even know much about Jesus. And I don't really believe in Christianity. But how? what do you mean you, you channel these other beings and, and this other energy? And how do you heal through that? And he said, well, it's hands-on healing. But the hands-on healing, he ended up saying that, you know, he'll have to touch certain parts of your body. So not to make this like a, like a, I don't know, I don't want to say use the word gruesome, but not to make it like that kind of story. It was leading to that direction where he was asking to touch me on inappropriate parts and trying to get permission for it and calling it healing. And it all clicked for me in that moment. I had all the text messages. I sent it to my friend and I said, is this the person you trust? Did you know that he went outside of this group to invite me into his own home to do this? And, um, or to the, yeah, to the hotel where to do this, right? And then he was like, my friend was just like, no, like, I, I don't believe that. And I said, well, I have the text messages here. And this is what he wants to do. And now I see why there's so many women in this group. And I need to tell everybody like, this is actually a sexual predator that it has created this group to just uh, lure women into it. And you're the bait. Like you're the bait. He used you. So my friend was so shocked by this whole thing that he just couldn't live with himself. Like he couldn't sit with that because he was so close with um, the leader of the group for two years and his whole world flipped upside down in that moment. And that was the moment that I had the aha moment of, wow, God, like you wanted me to dance with the devil and just entertain all the spiritual stuff, all the stuff that I enjoyed to really see it for what it was and the manipulation that it was. And, um, just the ickiness of it all. And then I then I really saw my purpose in that journey for, for my friend. And it was to wake him up from the manipulation that he would, had gone through and the brainwashing that happened. I never thought I would ever go through that experience in my life. And when that happened, uh, my friend ghosted me and never spoke to me again. And then, wow. <laughs> and then I was like a side of myself. Right. So I, I, then my, my whole relationship went into this turmoil. You know, I left a five-year relationship during that time. 
like in this cult during that time, I couldn't handle anything. I picked up and left and traveled. I was just like, I can't do like, what is going on with my life right now? It just all flipped upside down. I didn't know where I was going to live. And I just picked up and traveled. I, yeah, I just took my work with me and was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just going to go. So I did that. And I thought I would come back with peace and clarity. I came back, um, trying to find a place to live. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I need to find a place to live. Thankfully, my parents opened up their place again. But I came back also very empty and like not sure what to believe in anymore and really like empty inside of like, okay, I, I just new age stuff I explored. And, you know, I don't know if God is real, but that experience was such a trip. No one would ever know or understand it at the level that I had to learn it and go through it. And there's no one to talk to about it. I had no one to talk to about it because I didn't want to tell somebody that I almost got lured into this cult and it almost went sideways if I didn't use discernment. Right. But God was with me the entire time. And I really was face to face with the devil because this man was, he was using tongues, speaking in tongues, using Bible verses and, um, he was also channeling other entities, but also using the disciples that he was channeling. So along with channeling, he also, um, I don't know if you've heard of reptilians. I, yeah, yeah, I have. I'm, I'm not super familiar with them, but I, I know that they have an alien origin. Is that right? Yeah, something oh. like that. So he claimed to be a reptilian. And I was like, what is going on? So there was just everything bad about it that that I I just couldn't figure out why I had to go through that but then after being out of it I realized that these are all the things that I was actually open to and these are all the things I was entertaining and the truth came to me through this experience and the truth came to me in a way where I had to go through the worst of the new age stuff for me that was um and I got uh, so I had a random person on Instagram message me and he was so sweet and he was Christian and he just felt drawn to my Instagram page. Like I was going through a lot of healing from my, my previous relationship and just showed up really real and raw and vulnerable. And, and I guess that resonated with him. So he, we had a nice conversation and just conversed a couple of times. And then finally, as we, we talked for a good while. Then he asked me about my story. I told him my story, but I left this whole story out, like this whole cult thing out. And then he hits me with preaching the gospel. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, no, not again. No, I cannot do this. Like, are you a part of a cult too? So I was so rude. I just said, hey, listen, like, don't share anything about the Bible. I do not care. I'm sorry if I'm rude right now, but I didn't have a very good experience. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And that's how I left it. But there was something inside of me that sat where I was like, why was I so rude? Like, why? Like, this person has been nothing but nice to me. And then all of a sudden they want to share Jesus. Like, okay, I should, you know, I should apologize. So I did. I apologized. And I said, hey, please don't pressure me to like read the Bible or learn about it and like push your beliefs onto me. Let me just do this at my own pace. And he was okay with that. And he said, I just ask you to pick up a Bible, pick up your own Bible. So you're protected. They didn't know what that meant, but 
I did what he said and we started Bible studying and the words in the Bible is what changed my life. And then I remember asking him in, in one Bible study, um, like, how do I meet Jesus for myself? And he said, just take a moment and ask for Jesus to come into your life and, and show you and come into your heart. But have a have an open heart to fully accept Jesus into your life. And I was like, OK, so. I went and got my Bible, but I'm going to be honest. Like the only reason I got a Bible was one, I was still skeptical. Two, of this random person messaging me to preach the gospel. Three, of my experience. So I got the Bible because I'm like, I'm not going to be ignorant again. And from an ego-based place, I said, I'm going to use this as ammo and learn the Bible so I could throw it back at Christians and be like, go away, right? Like, don't pressure me to be being a Christian. But it ended up blowing up in my face because I just loved the Bible when I started reading it and was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Like everything in here is the truth. And that was when it sank with me that everything I was reading was the truth. And that was how we should have been living. And then I had the moment of praying to Jesus to come into my heart, into my life. And that was when I really felt the unconditional love. and. Um, there was, you had a really good question about uh, feeling the unconditional love and the difference between like the love in the new age space and the unconditional love from Jesus. And for me, what had happened was I came to Jesus as I was like messy, broken, really lost. I didn't even know how to pray properly. I just asked for help. I just asked for forgiveness for all that I've done. I just asked for healing. And I was able to just ha come to Jesus with all of that and show up as, a, as I was without any fixing, without any energetic healing and chakra alignments. Like there was no additional work I had to do. I was able to just show up as my authentic, raw self in the state that I was. And I felt that love. I felt that love and peace and um, forgiveness and just like being whole and washed in a new life. It, it's really true that like when you get to experience your own moment and relationship with Jesus, you feel like a new person in an instant. And that's how I felt. Whereas in the new age space, you always had to work on something. The healing never ended. You always had to fix something whether you liked it or not, or believed it or not, that you, there was always fixing for you. And I, I just wanted to know, like, when would that ever end? And will I ever be good enough? Right? So um, although the new age space gurus would tell you, you are enough, and you are worthy. But you have to do these things to heal your past trauma and to cut the cords of energetic ties and to align your chakras and to, you know, figure out your ancestral trauma. Like there's so many things you got to do and tick off before you get to a space of, of Nirvana, whatever that, that belief is. But then you meet Jesus and you just come as you are. <laughs> and, you, and the healing's there, the wholeness is there and the love is there already. So that's the difference for me. Um, but yeah, so that's my story. I don't know if you have any questions. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think it's going to really, uh, as I've told you before this, I think it's really going to touch a lot of people and really impact them in a positive way. So um, I can't thank you enough for for taking that time to share that with us. And um, I I do have a few questions. Um, I'd like to go back to, um, if you're okay with it, like when you first 
started having these spiritual encounters. You had mentioned that your brother also had them. Is that right? Yeah. So like when, when that happened, when your brother was also having these spiritual encounters, did you, how, how did those conversations come about? Was it something where it was like just one of you had brought up that you had seen something or how, yeah, how, how did those conversations come about that you found out that you both were having these spiritual encounters? So my little brother was really young. He was a toddler and he was seeing weird things. Like he would come up and say things like, oh, there's a little boy here. Oh, um, I see something in the closet. Like that, the thing is moving, it's following me, right? Or he'd be really scared in some instance. And then there was like this weird moment that he actually, oh, I hope he doesn't watch this later. But um, yeah, he actually, he was a toddler and he had, he, ended up grabbing a knife and went over my mom's head and was like, my mom woke up from her nap and was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just going to slice your neck. Right. Like a toddler saying that. Right. I'm like, what the heck? So like those weird things happens to a kid and it's not something they can make up because it's like, you see it and, and, you know, like, I don't know. Um, but it wasn't anything that you could make up and they would say, like, he would say strange things. Um, and then, yeah, as he got older, he kind of got out of that. Like he wasn't really seeing anything. And I think he just closed himself off to that. But my oldest brothers, they also lived in the house too. They had their own experience with sleep. Yeah. And with, with entities visiting them and like, They'd see weird things like clots of hair on their bed and stuff, right? Really strange. Wow. wow. Yeah. And they, I assume they were not like dabbling in like the paranormal or the occult at that time. It was just kind of happening to them. Yeah. 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 No, they were, they were atheist. I guess you could say they didn't believe in a God. They didn't really care for Buddhism either. Um, but yeah, they just knew that these things were happening to them. Yeah, I think that's really important. I, and I wanted to highlight that because I know that for certain people, no matter like what you say, there will always be people that don't believe in like the supernatural or the, or the paranormal. But I really appreciate your story because I didn't realize that there were other people in the house that were having the same experiences that you were having. And I think that, uh, you know, the odds of everybody having these, you know, these like psychotic episodes or whatever, something like that is, is very slim. Um, for, for the people out there that I think that, uh, you know, may, may try to look at this from more of a materialistic vantage point. So I, I really think that that's important to highlight that you were not the only one having these spiritual encounters. Yeah. Yeah. During this time, did you have any other, um, like spiritual traits that you felt like you were developing, like the ability to, to see energy or like auras or, um, like any other, like, like prophetic dreams or anything like that? Because a lot of times, with what you're describing, there's these other traits that people have. Did you have anything like that? Yeah. Um, I could see other beings. I did have prophetic dreams and I was able to, um, like when I was doing my tarot card readings, I was able to pick up on who else was there and, and call upon like other, other, uh, entities. Like, I just don't know what they are. Like, I don't know if they are the, the, ghost of the you know the grandmother or who it was right but i was able to channel those things and bring bring that in so um i just always came from like a really intuitive place and i thought that that was my gift like i thought i was so gifted spiritually gifted that i could read people's energy i could see aura um i could meet somebody and i'd be able to see like their story in in like a blink of an eye and 
my I actually didn't I, I forgot to mention like the when I moved and I had that sleep paralysis where the entity came up to me and said you're not going anywhere I actually had a dream that was prophetic and this dream I was so sad in it and I was working behind I was I, at the time I was working at a tool store and I was working behind the computer of the register as a cashier and I was crying this was a dream I was crying and I was sobbing it was like the saddest cry you could ever hear and there was a whole lineup of angry people and I just remember that dream looking at the screen being like what am I supposed to do with my life like why am I here and it ended up catapulting into this spiral of all these different colors and i was in this like vortex of like just a colorful rainbow and this hand came out of the screen and it said um it was like a deep voice and it was like a hand that reached out and was like you are chosen and that i felt like was my godly connection that i didn't know it at the time but that dream was so real and so vivid that I, I hung on to it forever. And I ended up tapping into my creative uh, artistic skills during quarantine. And I that was the first thing I wanted to paint. I wanted to paint that vision I had seen because I felt like that was God's hand in a dream telling me like you, you are chosen like whether you know it or not but you are my child you are worthy and you're coming with me and that happened right after the sleep paralysis when the uh gremlin thing said you're not going anywhere so yeah i wanted to just share that 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 was like my pivotal moment with feeling like god's presence yeah that's incredible Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I think that, that God, that he, I've heard a lot of these stories and I, it's really incredible to me how God works. Like he does like a lot of like, he, you know, like you talk about like foreshadowing in movies. Like I really think that he does a lot of like foreshadowing where we, we don't understand what's going on when something happens. We can then look back and be like, wow, I can't, you know, we can start connecting the dots, so to speak. And that sounds like an incredibly powerful moment that you had with him in that, in that encounter. Um, and so it, you were having, uh, it sounds like also some success, quote success then with the tarot card readings, but it sounds like it, it, you were having this success and quote being able to help people, but at the same time, uh, it was coming at a cost for you in terms of like these uh, sleep paralysis episodes and these encounters with, with the other side. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So you yeah. think, so you definitely think it, it was all like kind of, uh, it all correlated in, in the sense that it seemed like maybe the more that you were delving into some of these things, the more you were in. So the more you were delving into like the tarot card reading and have success there, the more you were opening up maybe some negative uh, doorways in the, in the spiritual realm. Yeah. I opened up so many doorways. I did not know how to close any of them. And um, if you listen to my full testimony on YouTube, I share that prior to doing a reading, I had to do all my crystals, a little seance, a little energetic clearing. Um, I had to do the whole like protecting your energy, making sure that the source was coming from light and love before I could even do a reading because I didn't know what energies would come in to that reading and I didn't want to deal with any darkness that was coming in. But again, if you don't know what you're praying to, Satan disguises itself as an angel of light. So if you don't, if you're not actually calling on Jesus or praying to God, you don't know what you're bringing in. And that's, that was me. I didn't know what I was bringing in. So actually now that I think about it and all this work that I did with, um, readings 
like I actually there's some guilt there because it's like how many times did I bring in this bad energy negative energy this darkness not just for myself but for other people right and how many times did this dark energy was it was it false for this other person right because it wasn't actually coming from our loving god the real god so i just feel really bad about doing readings i just you know and then playing god at the time and and feeling like i had these answers um yeah i did everyone a disservice i did everyone a disservice because i don't have the power our our real loving god has the power and it's way bigger than us as human beings. We're just mere mortals. So to open up that whole doorway of darkness and you don't even know what entities are coming in to meet you, you're just a mere mortal, just a human being. If you actually saw these other beings and entities from other realms face to face as a mere human being, I don't think we could actually handle that truth. You know, I don't think we could actually handle that reality which is why you see in movies bibles being um so powerful and and even in um like scary movies uh and ghost movies you see that the um the the pope or sorry not the pope but the um priest the priest is holding a bible for protection right i never thought of it that way until i read the bible and and, and know the power of jesus and in jesus name it casts out all demons and yeah, that that was kind of I was like, Oh, my goodness, I can't believe I did all of this and brought everyone on this journey with me. So I try to share with everybody how I feel about tarot cards and psychic readings. And again, like I don't like giving my power away to just another human being because I know the truth now. I think I, I'm sure that you do feel guilt as it relates to those, uh, you know, past experiences and some of the things that you've done. But um, you know, I really think it's very similar to what you were talking about before in terms of the cult that that you had a chance to um, be, become a part of and, and kind of unearth what they were actually doing. And I think that there's a very good chance that if you would not have gotten so into the the tarot cards and the new age at that time and, you know, the helping people, quote, helping people, that there's a very good chance that you might not be here today. So I really think that God, it sounds like, has done a phenomenal work in your life and allowing these experiences that you've had to, uh, you know, at the time, obviously you didn't know what, what it was that you were getting into, uh, and they weren't good spiritual practices, but then to then turn that into, uh, that negative experience into something that's very, very positive and being able to, to share the truth with other people. Um, and both, you know, as, as you, you're doing now, you've done in your video and I, and I'm sure in your everyday life. So, um, I just wanted to say that because I think that the, it's it's very common for the enemy to really uh, to use those events that we've done in our past uh, when we were like none the wiser against us, but to, to remember that uh, God is able to use that to, to really help other people and turn those negative experiences for good. And that, again, the, the relationship aspect of, of Christianity and the relationship that we develop with God and Jesus, he he's... Uh, he unconditionally loves us and I, I, he's obviously forgiven you. So, um, just wanted to, to share that. Yeah. Um, you also, uh, or actually let me take a step back because I wanted to see you, do you still have some of these experiences then now that you become a Christian, um, in terms of like seeing energies and the auras and things like that, or the sleep paralysis, or has it pretty much died down? 
it died down actually the last oh, because like i said um after my experience with the cult i didn't really have anyone to talk to and um it was a very huge growth year for me for my christianity and my own personal development of my spirituality um and there was a lot of learning and un unlearning to do so i was still tied to my tarot card decks i was still tied to like the idols I had in my house with my my Buddha statues and also certain books that I had right about crystals and energy healing and um, trying to get into other dimensions and what the afterlife was about and how to talk to spirits right and bring in your angels and guides like every I had that's all I read that's all I read digest knew that was a good 15 years of my life so after having my come to Jesus moment I knew that these the entities actually got louder before i had to cut all ties um and they they showed up in a way where my now my idols like my statues that i had were starting to look different um i couldn't sleep i was getting uh, in, insomnia at night like i had a very hard time sleeping because i just felt like there was things there still and the experience that i had was I remember making a decision and being like, I think I'm still attached to the to the the spiritual world in some way. I've opened some portal and it's not closed yet, and I need to solidify my relationship with God. So how do I do that? And I made a decision to get rid of anything else that would be attached to that world for me because I wanted closure. I didn't want to entertain those anymore. It was wreaking so much havoc in my life. It wasn't fun. I don't know why people think it's fun to talk to spirits and, and other things just because again, like I said, you don't know what that spirit actually is. So um, when I made that decision, I was at, um, I was at my friend's house and they left for a little bit in the evening. And I, I didn't know I was there by myself. Like I thought somebody else was there too, but I started seeing figures walking in the hallway. I started hearing the door slam. I started seeing and hearing things turn on and off. And I was just like, somebody else here with me, but I played it off like, you know, maybe it's somebody else that was living in the house that was there. Um, it ended up not being somebody there. And I realized that the other spirits were trying to get my attention and they were being louder than usual because I was ready to close the door on it. So what I did was I got rid of all my stuff. Um, I got my brother to burn all the books and have a huge bonfire with it. And my family thought I was crazy. They saw me lug out. I ripped out everything from my room. I used to have tapestry. Like right now, this is quite basic. And even some Christians might be against like the moons and the stars, but there's no idling this. There's no idol worship in this. It's just like a background for my wall. Whereas my other tapestry was a mandala. And that I, I ripped it off my wall. I threw it in the garbage. I took all my books, all my Buddha statues. Like my parents thought I was insane. I had a huge garbage bag of all this stuff. They were actually digging it out so that they could keep it later somewhere else in the house. Right. And I'm like, no, like I do not believe in this stuff anymore. You guys just have to respect that. But I got kickback from my own family members. And then thinking that I was a psychopath for believing that there was entities attached to these possessions. So, um, once I got rid of them, 
things started to stop, but they stopped because I actually reached out to um, a priest and he, he introduced me to his Christian family and I went to a church and they did a lot of work with me with um, really removing a lot of blockages that I may have had attached to the spirit world that were haunting me still. So I was able to connect with my my Christian family and be able to do that work. And it, it took a couple of hours to really go through like all these things I may have opened up in my past to really close the door on it from traumatic ex events, experiences, people in my life, um, and to just bring in Christ and Christ love. I don't want to use Christ energy because again, that becomes like new agey and spiritual. Um, but Jesus is love to really heal all areas of my life and to really have God Oh, look at all my wounds, all my open wounds and bring that to God. So they were able to help me through that. And that closed the door for everything. Wow. That was the day everything stopped. Every single thing stopped. I actually came home and I felt so light. My room felt so fresh. I didn't actually have an like I'm an ad adult. I'm like the only adult that I know that has a nightlight. Like I have to have a nightlight still. I didn't need it. I, and I probably wow. don't need it, but, um, yeah, I just, now I have it on just for like aesthetic looks, but yeah, it got to a point where I felt confident to sleep in the dark. You know, I felt protected and I always pray before bed, before I sleep for protection and for, for the Lord's peace over me and, and pray over my life and everything stopped. Like I don't even entertain energy work anymore auras like anything spiritual that i once did like there, there's no interest for me because i know the truth and all the the light that comes with that truth yeah that's really cool because um i know we were talking a little bit before the podcast started that i think a lot of times like in christianity and a lot of christians they kind of sell the uh supernatural part of of life short or Christianity, the supernatural part of Christianity short. And I think that that's an incredible uh, testimony that you just described right there that, you know, all this, um, like all the quote wonder that we see in the new age of all these like supernatural and paranormal encounters that people get so enthralled with, they happen in Christianity as well, but just not to the same extent because mm -hmm. God, I think he, he really wants us to fall in love with him and who he is and his truth rather than these experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that is why maybe it seems like it doesn't happen as often in Christianity as it does in the New Age, because God is going to. It really reminds me of the New Testament, where we see all those miracles that Jesus provides, and those miracles are supposed to be there to kind of be like uh, you know a light towards the truth. It he in there and even several times when he did the miracles, it wasn't enough to to change people's hearts. So um, I think that just just having that understanding that yeah this stuff also occurs in 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 christianity uh maybe not to the same extent as as we see in the new age where i think it's more about the experiences than it is like the the underlying truth behind the the energy work and the and the magic but to, to just remind uh christians out there that that this that the, these miracles that we see in the bible still happen today I, I i don't think it's it's not happening as 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 often as it happened with jesus but i think sometimes that's really lost today and i and i think that's unfortunate because i think god is still really working uh like he always has i don't think he stopped and i think that if we can get more of a uh, uh, a grip on 
the idea that this is still going on today, I really do think it would help bring more people into Christianity and a relationship with God, uh, because there is a, when anytime a miracle, like what happened with you happens, I think that is something to be celebrated and it's, and it's a miracle for a reason. How cool is that, that, that through, through power that we don't understand and, and, and God, that he was able to heal you from, uh, these, these horrible demonic and spiritual encounters that you were having. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I mean, like Christianity, if you take out, the, um, I don't know, like the preconceived ideas and judgments that people may have and actually explore it, it makes more sense than a lot of other things out there. And that's, that was my aha moment. I was just like, oh my goodness. Yes, I was so open-minded to everything in the spirit world. And yes, I entertained aliens. I entertained other dimensions, other beings. But why couldn't I entertain this that actually makes sense, that is actually logical, you know? And um, just just seeing that, like, how Christianity, you know, if you take even the word and the label out of it and just read the Bible for what it is, it talks about being a being of love. God is love. It talks about peace. It talks about um, where light really comes from, right? And then this new age space, it talks about being a quote light worker. It talks about being love, but it talks about it. It doesn't actually go into the depths of it and what it in the real meaning of it all. And that's what the Bible does and uncovers. So for me as a new age person, um, previously, like reading the Bible just made sense. I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I'm all about. Like, I really thought I was making an impact on the planet, being a light worker, being spiritual, you know, doing my best. But really, secretly, there was a little bit there that was all ego-based, pure ego, pure self-instant gratification. I loved being able to have these special gifts and stuff, right? But um, once you know the truth and you know where real love comes from and what real light is, it it's completely different than what the new age world would tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. It makes me think too. I know we had talked about uh, a little bit before um, as well, just the idea of the, the relationship aspect of Christianity and how, um, you know, other, you know, other spiritualities in the new age, it really uh, capitalizes on that magic part of it, the wonder. And yeah. it really makes me think about like a relationship like that you could have with another, with another person. Uh, where it's it's not a true like intimate relationship in this in um or it's just it's not a true relationship there's no depth to the relationship instead it's all based off of uh you know like gifts or um you know kind of like uh just anything that that signifies that there's no depth there's it's all superficial in this relationship that this hypothetical uh relationship that i'm talking about that we're having with another person and each person is using each other to gain something rather than have an actual uh, you know, quality in depth relationship. Well, that's, I know that that's probably going to, uh, upset some people and I don't mean for it to sound upsetting, but I just, with my experience and it sounds like yours was similar in the new age is that I think that that is what is going on. I think that the enemy, uh, is really, really skilled in understanding humans. And he gives us these quote powers, this Mm -hmm. these magic powers that feel like, it's like incredible that you have these abilities, but there's no, there's no relationship there. It's all based off of like these, these gifts, same thing that I was talking about in that hypothetical relationship. And that's very different than the relationship that we form with God and Jesus, the creator of the spiritual, everything in the spiritual world and the physical world, which is that 
there's an actual in-depth, like meaningful relationship there that you have to cultivate. And he, and it's just like anything, any uh, other relationship in life that is healthy. It takes time. It takes work. Um, and not every day are you going to feel like the butterflies that you might have at the beginning of a relationship, like any kind of a relationship. But um, at, the, at the end of the day, there's, there, there is depth and meaning there. And there is, there, there's wonder there as well. It even says like, I don't remember where it says this. And it says in Psalms that having a relationship with God leads to an adventure, adventurous life. And that is very true. Like he, he, a lot of times, like if you're truly listening to God, he will lead you at certain down certain paths that are, you know, like scary. And it seems like you, you can't do something. Well, it's very, it's true. Like you need him to be able to accomplish what it is that he's asking you to do. But through those, like the, these trials that we have to go through that he leads us to it, through, and it's through these, like, uh, trials that we develop this relationship and we are able to then get like, you know, uh, wisdom and uh, knowledge and a better understanding of, of truth and what it really means to live a fulfilling life. And I think that, and, and in that sometimes there can be like, it, it talks about in the Bible, like the certain gifts of, of like healing. And maybe, you know, for some people it's going to be like of wisdom or of teaching and, um, but you'll notice the difference is that there's, again, there's depth in this relationship with Jesus. It's a real relationship. And also these gifts that you're given always come back to glorify God and the truth rather than just like yeah. you were saying, there was a little bit of ego there for you in right. the new age. And I think that it was obviously, it was the same for me. And I think it is, it's the same for pretty yeah. much everybody that it's yeah. not just glorifying you, which at the end, it feels good in the moment, but at the end of the day, it's very like, there's no fulfillment there. So right. that's really, I think the difference is that there, one of them is like, a, a real like solid healthy relationship that we have to cultivate and the other one is just like this superficial relationship that gives us it, it gives us like what we're, uh, these really wondrous like awesome quote awesome like abilities from the beginning that doesn't really lead anywhere it just leads to nothingness like fleeting it's fleeting just, glimpses of happiness seriously just leads back to the world right all very worldly, all very surface level, all of the stuff that you talk about manifestation and, you know, abundance mindset and all that stuff, right? It's, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's worldly. And it's an attachment that you have. And then when you start to explore those things and try to muster up those, those powers that you have, because the enemy will just give you temporary gifts for instant gratification. And that's what you're constantly seeking in the new age space is that instant gratification to try to energetically change your life to get whatever you can manifest. But then what's what's after that? What's after that, that physical gratification that you get, you know, like right. where, where else? That's where you feel empty. And honestly, if I continued in the new age space, it would have been a matrix that never ended. I would have never been fulfilled. My heart always felt empty in, in that world. I always, there was never any fulfillment. I always felt like I had to do more in order to attain some type of enlightenment. But you, when you have an intimate relationship with God for yourself, that fills up your whole being, your entire being. And then you don't work on this planet for the worldly things anymore you end up preparing yourself for the eternal afterlife because that's forever everything right here on the materialistic level and the worldly level is all temporary and it's so sad to see that um there's not enough people woken up to the truth 
I think that's <laughs> that's where I come in, where I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad and thankful that you gave me the opportunity to have this space to share my experience um, because I want everyone to wake up to the truth and have that eternal afterlife because that's forever. And I think we forgot our priorities on this planet as human beings. It's not just right now. It's all the stuff that we can do right now to prepare us for the eternal afterlife. Like how can we glorify God for the creator of everything, the creator of our own lives, right? And for that peace that we get and that love that we get and the harmony that we get and the heaven on earth that we get for being with him. Yeah. Yeah. Really well said. It makes me think about how like the, really the, the most loving thing that you can do for someone, which is what God does for us is give us free will. And could you imagine like having a child, uh, your own child and uh, you, you, you always have like a gun to their face. Like they have to do everything that you tell them to do or, or they're, or they're dead. And I feel like that's in, in a, in a weird way, that's what a lot of people that don't believe in God really, they, 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 wish that it was like that because that is really what hell hell is like i think that a lot of people that's another hang up in the, a lot of people in the new age community that aren't christians or people that aren't christians in general not just the new age is that they don't understand this idea of eternity i, I think in, in a healthy and, and just and truth way because i really think that it's got this is god's ultimate way of showing us true love is giving us the option to choose truth and, and good or or not and he did not want to create a situation that was unloving by just forcing us to 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 worship him and we can choose to not uh have a relationship with him and he's okay with that uh but that means that we're then separated from him after after our time on earth and i would i would much rather be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't put that gun up to my to my face like ever since i've been born and gives me the option to choose them because then it's there's there's comes back to that idea of a healthy, meaningful relationship, then that opens up the opportunity to have that relationship. So um, I I think that what you're talking about uh, really, it it resonates with me because I think that we get so caught up in what we think is going to be uh, uh, like, bring us the happiness that, that never lasts. And I think that that is, is ultimately for, for many people that don't have that relationship with, with God and, and give into truth before they die. I think that's only going to very sadly continue for them. And that's what the Bible says in, in the afterlife. Um, so I just think it's important yeah. to, to recognize that because I think a lot of people, when they hear talks of eternity in like, uh, what, what, uh, living a true, like meaningful life is like, I think a lot of people will then try to use that against Christians because then it turns into, Oh, you know, you're just talking about fire and brimstone and going to hell. But I, I just, I think it's worth noting that that is, I understand where people are coming from when they look at it like that, because I used to be one of those people, but that's just, if you really take the time to look into the Bible and examine like what it's saying, it's saying that you have the choice to choose like truth and God, or, or you don't. And and if you don't want to choose him, then you have another option. It's not, it's not supposed to be fear-based like, yeah. oh, you know, it's everyone who's not a Christian just going go to hell. So I just wanted to share yeah, that. And you know what? Like, this Christian path, I I don't even like using that word. I'm a follower of Jesus and Jesus is my role model. This is why I love Jesus and I'm on Jesus. And um, people can say like they have their own role models and mentors and gurus. Jesus, Jesus just happens to be mine. Okay. That's just my thing. And a lot of other people who are spiritual will think about the afterlife and karma and all of that stuff. And if if this reality is just an illusion, because that's one of the debates that I've had with my new age friends is, you know, this reality is just an illusion. We're just in a matrix and your reality is what you created. 
then for me, I'm going to create a reality where I'm prepping myself for heaven, where I'm going to go to the eternal afterlife. And it, when I pass, my soul is going to go there. So it's all a matter of if, if you really feel that your belief is your belief, then why not funnel your mindset into that direction then, right? If, if you really think it's just an illusion. Um, but even with that being said, the toughest thing that people have a challenge with when I'm talking about Christianity and the Bible is sin and sinning and, and, you know, um, being a sinful person. But here's the thing, when you remove everything that is sinful, you live a longer life, you live a prosperous life, you live a full life. And that's why God doesn't want you to sin because you're actually ripping yourself off from life with all this toxicity, these behaviors, these addictions that we have, we're ripping ourselves out off from from the life that we fully truly deserve to live. So if we're going to create a new heaven or a new earth, and to be sinless and sin free and to be perfect in, in his image, we're, we got to do our work. Like we got to clear all of those things in order to prepare ourselves for the eternal afterlife. Because once there's that one toxic egg, that can be toxic to the whole environment, right? And you can kind of see that with the Adam and Eve story. So that's kind of how I relate to when I think about the eternal afterlife and, and how I position myself in the way that I live and how I prepare for it is I just every single day, anything that I have done that is sinful, whether it's an addiction or a behavior that I have, I pray about it. I'm not perfect. It's very tough, but with this new awareness, you're even more aware now because you know it's sinful and you know that it's actually stealing your life force energy. It's stealing away from you to live a really full life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like what you said, because I think a lot of things that are sins, they seem like they're not sins at the time. It seems pleasurable. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's really hurting us like drugs or, um, you know, even like trying to use power moves like to get to the top of like the the yeah. like a uh, ladder in the, in the corporate world like it see it feels good at the time to to you know trample over somebody in order to get that promotion but uh, at the end of the day then that just turns into exactly what the bible is against which is like uh, you, you know there's showing no compassion for people and all of a sudden you have opened up the doorway to say that it's okay for other people to do the, to do the same thing for you and then at that point or to you and then at that point where, where does it end where does that survival mode end and um i think that there's so many different aspects if people want to take the time to to really step back and take a look at that that idea of sin Truly, yeah. truly hurting us. I think that that it, it yeah. would be really helpful to do. That's really, really powerful way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Since you, you, you're so you, you're still new, a new Christian. Has it been challenging then for you? Like, are there still certain beliefs that are challenging for you to to kind of comprehend or be at peace with as it as it relates to Christianity? Um. Yes, because now I'm having a tough time connecting with people, especially since my my whole life was 15 years of the spiritual world of new age. And that was my people. Those were my friends. And now when I need to share a message that's really uh, coming from my heart, it's very hard to speak in their language. You know, when I use God and when I use the Lord and when I use Jesus, because if it's not the universe or source or energy, they're not into it. They don't want to hear it. And for me, my challenge is how do I get this truth across by using 
those words that aren't the truth, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm having a very tough time with that. So, um, it sucks for me because I have to almost bounce back and forth into this old reality and the old me to kind of be able to relate or to relay something. And I don't like that. I, I don't like that. It doesn't feel authentic to me. It doesn't feel real to me. And then if I come from a place of using Jesus, Lord, God, and then there's a rebuttal of, no, it's the universe. No, God is not a he. God is not a man. God is a woman, right? Like, then then I'm not being heard. Then I'm, no one's being heard. Then it's just a debate of, like, who's right or wrong. And I, I frankly, I can't handle that because um, it's, it's, not, it's not preaching the gospel anymore. And then it puts mm -hmm. me in a position where I, I step back into that space and I don't like being there because I know the truth and I don't like living in that energy for too long either. So I'm finding myself challenged with how to present my truth and the truth um, and how to present the gospel. So now what I do is um, I just always start off with, in my experience, this is what has happened. This is my testimony. This is a change for me. And then I will try my best to um, quote, all that I can from the Bible. Everything has to come from the word itself. Um, but I didn't start like that. I started with just sharing, sharing everything I could, whether it was right or wrong. It was just how I felt. But now that I know um, more about Christianity and really solidifying my relationship with Jesus, I can't be a baby Christian forever. You know, like I, mm -hmm. I got to really study this and, and step up too for my own my own work, my own faith, but I know it's not going to happen overnight. So that's my challenge is just being able to, I don't know, be the, to, to go back and relate to the people that I started with. Right. Cause it's, it's a tough conversation to have. It's like you're shaking up their whole world in an instant with their years of belief systems too. Like I said, there's a lot of unlearning that I had to do. Mm -hmm. with this movie. Yeah. It's very challenging. There's no doubt about it, but um, it sounds like, it, at, at the end of that challenge for you, it sounds like it's it's been worth it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know what? My whole life is a testimony. And um, if you go onto my YouTube channel, all I talked about was business, health, spirituality, some energy stuff. I did guided visualizations and meditations and everything thinking I was helping people. So that's where I started from. So I have that story. But if I didn't do my testimonial story, you guys would not understand like where I came from. And then all of a sudden talking about Jesus and raving about Jesus. So I had to do a testimonial story. And why I did that was because I have spent years creating my identity and who saw me was. Then when I brought in the Lord into my life and surrendered my entire life for God to lead the way, I'm letting God create who saw me is so i needed to have that testimony because it's going to be a bit different if i end up going from talking about business and all of this other stuff to i'm raving about jesus i'm on fire for jesus i'm preaching the gospel because i want everyone to know the truth as well and to feel how i feel and um to have that peace and to have that unconditional love and to have that forgiveness for for anything that they may feel that they've done that they can't be forgiven for so yeah, my whole life is a testimony. And after I brought in Jesus into my life, everyone who's been observing and watching my journey has seen the ripple effect. And it's so amazing to see God work his miracles in my life and to be able 
to be that walking, talking testimony. And just to have people who followed me for years, like 10 years to this point now and following me still, God has blessed me in more ways than I deserve. I don't even know how to say it, like with the right people, the opportunities. Um, yeah, if I'm not like the best testimonial ever for people who followed me ever since the beginning, yeah, it's just so much truth within my story and my journey. Yeah, I love that because um, I think a lot of times, like you said, the ripple effect is really the, the true fruit of of developing that relationship with God. And it comes in like the gentleness that you that you form as a person, um, the forgiveness, uh, the the ability to to uh, be at odds with somebody, but still love them and and, and care about them and, and pray for their for their well-being. Um, mm -hmm. I think those are those are some I, I, I don't get how you can possibly like try to rationalize those things. It's very yeah. hard. Like if you're just talking about like the material world, how to rationalize something like that happening, right. something yeah. more than the physical there. Yeah. So I think my story is so cool in the sense where I've had people who followed me for a very long time. They know who I am, where I started from, and then they can see the works of God and how wow. my life is unfolding. And it's amazing. Like, you know, like you can't rationalize that. And, and I, all the glory to God, everything that I do, I just praise God and everything, every opportunity I've gotten, I will start my interviews just saying, okay, I need to praise God because I wouldn't be here today. And wow. you guys can see why. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, have you kept in contact with that man on Instagram? Um, kind of, kind of, but you know, God puts people in for like a reason season mm -hmm. or a lifetime. And he was a reason for me. Yeah. And then we just kind of lost touch and I just did my own thing. And I've been on my own little journey with connecting with other uh, faith-based people. And yeah, that's just kind of where that went. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. Like you said, I think he provided you with the right person at the right time and he yeah. has the God always has perfect timing, but, um, I, that's what, what an incredible, what, how incredible that God was able to use somebody like that. And, and the fruit of that, of those interactions that you had on Instagram to, to be what they are. I, I, that's just absolutely amazing. Yes. Yeah. You've said, and you kind of mentioned it already in our, in our discussion today. Um, you said in your testimony video, when I met Christian people being a light worker and, and speaking love and light, these people are actually speaking my language. They are resonating on the highest vibration of love and forgiveness. How I, I know that you've, you've kind of already done this as well, but how might you relay that to someone who might be in the same shoes that you were in before you developed your relationship with God? And, and um, I know again, that this is really, really challenging, but if you, in other words, could find Oh, like some words to to pass on to somebody that might have had the same beliefs that you had, what would those words be? Mm. You know, yeah, like if it was my old self, me relaying a message to my old self, I would say you are meant for so much more and you know it. Like, you know, deep down inside, you do have talents and gifts that you need to tap into that God gave you that that is a purpose for you. And really, you're just operating on a level on a human level that you know how and how many more years do you want to lead your own life or you could give your life up to the creator that created you that knows what's best for you and just 
come to acceptance and also have pure faith and trust that your your life is being guided by the Lord and let the Lord do his work and miracles in your life and and show you the blessings that you deserve, show you the gifts that you deserve. And that's what I would share is that that's why I say um you know these people are speaking my language because I never understood love at this level. I never understood compassion at this level. You know, I like light, pure light, being a pure light being. I never understood it at this level because there was still a lot of things I had to work through where ego came to play. Yeah, although I love somebody, it had conditions to it, whether I wanted to admit it or not, there was slight conditions to it. Um, Yeah, I wanted to always be positive and loving, but there was a part of me that always felt some negativity to it. But God shows you in the Ten Commandments, love thy neighbor. And there's even one part in the Bible. Um, I can't remember which book it was. Might have been the book of Romans, but it shares like it shares the Ten Commandments again and says, um, you know, like if if someone has has been an enemy to you, like continue to love them anyways. And if they've they've stolen from you, give them more, right? And when I write, read that, I was just like oh my goodness, like there were so many points that that has happened in my life and I have not reacted that way. So you do learn how to really love your neighbor, how to really love the person in front of you without any conditions, unconditionally, whether they show up good or bad, there's no, there's nothing that you've, you've um, preconceived for them or an idea of them, you just accept them as a whole of who they are and that's what jesus did whether right from wrong jesus accepted us as we were and forgave us anyways for our sins and what we've done wrong and because we just didn't know any better so that's kind of why i say that the the christian and reading the bible was speaking my language because i was actually able to learn these things at a deeper level i thought i knew it but i didn't i didn't and through um the christian path i was able to really solidify those values for myself. Wow. I don't think there's too much more than I can add to that. <laughs> that was that was really eloquently said. So thank you. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um that's that's really all I have. And I was going to before before we end the interview, um we you mentioned it <clears throat> excuse me. You mentioned it a couple of times, but I wanted to make sure that we provide an opportunity for people that are listening or watching this to see your original testimony video because mm-hmm. it's really, really powerful. Um, you can find it on YouTube, uh, Somi Logic. You can just type her name in. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening to this, I can spell that out real quick and uh, it'll be in the links as well. But it's S O M as in Martin, M as in Martin, Y, and then space L as in Larry, O G as in Grace. I is in um, uh, igloo. Yeah, igloo. There you go. <laughs> and then C is in Charlie. So it's uh, you know her name, Somi Logic, and um, it's really quick. I think it's only like it's a, it's around a half an hour. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's really quick, but it's again, it's really really powerful. And so um, I think that I I would really I would really appreciate it, and I know that Somi would appreciate it if you could check that out and share it with someone because it's. Uh, I think that uh, there's a lot there that, you know, I think that a lot of people have already shown that they can, they've really related positively to it. So I'm sure that there's more people out there that could benefit from that. Um, 
and also her Instagram, which is the same, just her name as well, just at Somi Logic. Um, you can, those are a couple of places that you can contact her. And uh, I'm sure that she would appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if you know, if you guys resonated with this story and you want to follow me on my journey and see how God works in my life and how everything unfolds, Instagram is where you'll find me and YouTube. And I have no clue where my YouTube channel is going to go. Cause like I said, it started off with business, health, spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then I just plugged that testimony in and I really haven't done much since then. So I'm sure God will gift me with an idea to be able to um, bring in uh, like my, my faith and also be able to share that and, and then in new videos. Right. So I'm not sure how that's going to unfold. So it's going to be a journey for all of us. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I cannot thank you enough. So for taking the time thank to you. join us and, and share your, your insights and your incredible story with our, with myself and our listeners. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for doing this. Like you're really holding a safe space for people to share their story and to be able to affect and help other people around the world. So thank you for just being you and God bless you. Well, thank you. Like you said, all, all glory to God. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have not done so yet and uh, today's story was any inspiration uh, to you at all, I would ask you to ask God to reveal himself to you. Um, and I would just ask you to do this in whatever way is most uh, comfortable for you. If that's out loud, if that's by prayer, the biggest thing is to not give up, to do it consistently. And to, if you're, like I always say, if you're really searching for truth, really searching for answers, I guarantee you, you will find it in, in, in God and he will reveal himself to you in a personal way. Um, also, an opportunity for those of you that would like to share your testimony, uh, please send your testimony to spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, that can be just like today's, a new age to Jesus uh, testimony, a miracle healing, miracle encounter, near-death experience, whatever it is, uh, please send it over to uh, spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, a reminder that we have a Facebook group, Spirit Answers, and uh, a reminder as well to please send your, your uh, prayer request to me either down below in the YouTube comments uh, at the Facebook group or uh, please feel free to shoot me an email as well. So that is all I have for you this week. As always, I will be praying for you uh, uh, throughout the next week and I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.